Hello and welcome to the Root of All Podcast. I'm Miles Newver, the f- the one who who talks first. That's correct, and I'm Devin Newver, the second talking one. I also talk, but it's second. Great, it's great to have you back on the show, Devin. It's uh, it's great to be back. It's 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 nice to to be here after a little holiday uh, interlude. Did you did you do anything particularly cool and specifically podcast related over the holidays or? <laughs> So uh, we are recording this one, what should have been a week after our last episode would have come out, but it didn't come out then. Because yeah, of... so we're recording this the day our new podcast, our new episode came out. Yes. Um, or will come out. Will have c- come out. <laughs> I suppose. I'm introducing it like we've been gone for a week, but, but actually will have just been back as yeah. of la- last. It's all right. Audience, listen. It's just a little brain burp. I just had a little burp of the brain. In my defense, I'm ill. If if I found if I sound a little more nasally than usual, it's because I I have a sickness. Great, everyone loves to hear Christmas. that. I got a sickness for Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yeah, thanks. We listened to new podcasts. That's we, did. What we did over the holidays. Um, we picked some new podcasts to review for you guys. What was our prompt this week, brother? So, uh, it was almost going to be eyes. Yeah, vision. <laughs> vision. It was. We were going to do vision uh, on like a twenty twenty type uh bit there but then we realized that vision was a very broad term and not that we couldn't find a podcast i i literally couldn't decide what angle i wanted to take with the word vision yeah and like i was overwhelmed with the number of choices that there were so instead we decided that we were going to do about board games yeah what i'm curious i didn't ask what inspired this choice because you suggested it i did suggest it actually what uh what prompted this was a tweet you made a couple of days ago oh my hobbies tweet yeah have you seen have you seen the the thing i was referencing no floating around okay i've seen this thing floating around um that was just about like our generation needs to refine hobbies because it seems like every time we have one it's something we're trying to turn into a side hustle or blah 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 and i look at that and i'm like it's not that we forgot what hobbies were i don't i don't turn my hobbies into a form of income because i'm hungry like well i do but not because like (laughs) i'm it's not out of greed it's out of poverty like like i i live in a situation where i barely scrape by so if i'm spending any amount of free time doing something i enjoy like i feel almost i, I feel like it's irresponsible to, yeah. like <laughs> i have to purchase a vr game because i know i can use it on my vr streams because that's potentially an income like i only meet up with my friends once a week to play dungeons and dragons because it's it's content for the internet and and that's a crime but like it's not the fault of my generation not knowing how to do hobbies it's the fault of my generation for for living under the poverty line like <laughs> And I, I am grateful for that opportunity, especially because uh, I don't, I'm, I'm a sponsored streamer. Um, so I'm super grateful for that. But at the same time, it's not that I don't understand that VR could just be a fun hobby. It's that like, the only way I can justify spending time playing it is that it is is part of my income. Uh, so it's, it was, was more the, the purpose of the tweet. And like, there are people who have hobbies. Mm-hmm. It's just the large majority of people in my generation don't have that luxury. Mm-hmm. You can't afford hobbies. So that's that was the point of the tweet. But it, it, but board games came up. I was talking to my friend Raph about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I haven't, I've, I've played one board game in the last like uh, 
I haven't pl- I've played a board game once since I visited you last, bro. And I own a shelf of them. Yeah. But I just I don't get to play them because because when I meet up with my friends, it's to create content as opposed to hang out. It's very unfortunate. Super super fun. So I'll go first because that's what we do. Yeah. I'm curious um, to see what you ended up doing. Oh yeah. So we listen to podcasts and recommend them to people. And if you don't know that and you're listening to this podcast. I'm not really sure why, because that's like our whole jam. Yeah, so. I don't know how you found us, but like, welcome to yeah. Miles' Tangent Corner, disguised as a podcast review podcast called The Root of All Podcast. Good. What the audience doesn't know about me is that I was a- I'm was actually a monster that was created in a lab out of tangents. They You're just, a tangent golem? Yeah, they just fused enough tangents uh, to create a, a living, breathing uh, uh, tangent uh, machine. And that's me. That's Miles. Fantastic. Fantastic. And now you've managed to make a tangent about tangent. So that's a a feat that you just, (laughs) you just unlocked that one right there. (laughs) That's okay. I'd like to talk about my podcast. This time I listened to Dukes of Dice and they are a board game, tabletop game podcast where they talk about that stuff. Um, This particular episode that I listened to is episode 162. It came out on... Uh, Halloween 2017, so it came back, came out a few years ago, but it was featuring an interview with Will Wheaton, Ooh. which is mainly why I wanted to listen to this episode personally. They went to Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, there was the Unrivaled Tournament Series Finals for tabletop games, what games that they did in 2017. I'm not sure. They mentioned a couple of games that, that were being played, but... They didn't actually spend a lot of time talking about the gameplay or the game specifically. They just kind of touched on them. They kind of talked more about how the tournament and how Will Wheaton had positively affected kind of the tabletop industry and just like tabletop games and how people see them. So Will Wheaton is, you know, the best. Um, If you don't know who Will Wheaton is, then you probably shouldn't be listening to our podcast right now. Yeah, because he's, um, every every week we say a thank you prayer to Will No. <laughs> I'm a big fan of his. Um, he's, he was Wesley Crusher. Yes, from Star Trek Next Generation. Um, he plays himself um, on se- he appears on seventeen episodes of Big Bang Theory um, as himself. My personal favorite thing that he does frequently yeah. is um, read audiobooks, specifically a lot of audiobooks by John Scalzi, who is my favorite living author. He is a great at audiobooks. Um, but so they went out to Las Vegas and had a chat with Will Wheaton. It's very cool. They talked with Will about like how he got into uh, tabletop type games. They talked with him about how he got set up with making the tabletop show, which at that time there was still a possibility of a season five coming out. That's not a thing anymore, unfortunately. Sure. Um, And, uh oh, they talked to him about like what kind of games he plays now because he's a huge fan of um, of board games. Anyone who's kept up with what Will what with what Will Wheaton has been doing in like the 2010s knows that he is a huge fan of tabletop games. Um, hence, yeah, tabletop the show on Geek and Sundry. 
um, where he rolls very bad dice rolls. Yeah. Um, so it's very cool. Um, he just talked about how he used to not really like board games when he was younger because at that point board games were, you know, Monopoly or Scrabble or Mousetrap or they were nothing fun to play. Yeah. And so he, he got into Dungeons and Dragons because that that's a game that you actually play you not you don't just roll dice and see what happens you actually play that game and then later he was getting back together with some friends that he had used to play Dungeons and Dragons with and they were like let's play some board games and he was like board games are stupid I don't want to play Monopoly and they're like no 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 come play these board games and so he realized that board games could be fun um so that's that's very cool and he tells it better and if you want to hear him tell it you should go and listen to this episode of Dukes of Dice um so it's about 45 minutes long this episode the interview with Will Eaton starts about 12 and a half minutes in um it's kind of cool they start the episode by letting you know what the title is they like have the audience pick the title I don't know what mechanism they use to do that, but they, like, pick a title based off of audience suggestions, and then at the end they did, like, runner-up of, like, other things that they almost chose or that they thought were clever and deserved to be mentioned. So that's kind of cool. What title did they end up going with for this one? Oh, it's Duke and Sundry. Oh. Because it's, you know, Will Wheaton from Geek and Sundry, and they're the Dukes of Dice, so they jumbled it. They smashed them together. Makes sense. It's like a portmanteau, but not really. Yeah. A portmanteau, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Dab. Dab, dab, dab. Except for, stop, no dabbing. No one can see that. (laughs) No one can even see dabbing. Why are you doing that? Except for me. That's why I said dab (laughs) while I did it. So they knew. Okay, that's fair. All right. All right, so what do they end up talking about? Other than, so Will, why why and how he got into board games. Oh, uh. What else do they cover? So, so like I said, they talk about how he got into board games. They talk about how he kind of got started at Tabletop. And all these stories are stories that he's told other times, too, at least for that stuff. Where, like, with Tabletop, sure. he is friends with Felicia Day. And she was starting Geeks and Sundry and invited him to do a show. And she suggested, like, a, a Tabletop, like, review-type game. And he was like, well, I feel like just talking about a board game is not what... Uh, like that's just not me he's like what if we just played board games and had our famous friends come on and then like that's that's a review but like better because you can see how the gameplay actually works yeah i use tabletop to learn a couple of the board games that are that are on my shelf right now so yeah it's really helpful to see because some some of the rules it's it's more helpful to see someone do the thing versus reading it on a sheet and trying to put the words to the visuals of the actual game it's easier to to actually see someone do the thing so that is great they talk about um like how he got set up because he like hosted this uh this tournament so he talked about how they got in contact with him for the tournament and stuff like that and uh the so will wheaton does swear a couple of times but they bleep it out so that's good it's like so you don't have to worry about hearing swear words but you do know that will wheaton swore like that's after listening to this podcast you will hear unrefutable proof that will wheaton did in fact swear I mean, so. I've heard him swear before, but mostly just because he reads John Scalzi books to me <laughs> That's true. every night, and John Scalzi does write swear words, so. He, he does. 
<laughs> Scandalous. Specifically, he uses the phrase, and I'm, I'll I'll censor myself. You have got to be blanking, kidding me. Oh he yeah, uses yeah, that yeah. one a lot. Scalzi's a big fan of that, um, mm-hmm. and it's good. It gets it gets a a feeling across very well. But I've heard Will Wheaton say that a lot. <laughs> Partially because I re-listen to the same three books every night to fall asleep. So. I, so when they introduced Will Wheaton, they like initially uh, first like introduced him as like basically Will Wheaton from Tabletop because you know they're they're a board game podcast, so they they're like that's where our audience will know him from. Yeah, not you know being Wesley Crusher. Yeah, which I I am guessing the overlap of fans of board games and fans of Star Trek: The Next Generation is got to be nearly a circle. That's a pretty but... yeah. That's a pretty circular Venn diagram, I bet. Uh, at least people that are like listening to a podcast about it. Yeah. Um, maybe I'm wrong. That could be could be wrong. All right, let me go go over their contact information just because I have it here. Uh, they have a Dukes of Dice YouTube channel. They have a Facebook, which is facebook.com slash Dukes of Dice. And they have a Twitter, which is at Dukes of Dice. Will Wheaton, I don't know if you know this, brother, does not have a Twitter anymore. He quit hmm. Twitter. That's smart. Yeah. He just decided he didn't have to give, um, you know, access to the internet to him at all times. So Yeah. Most, so he, the, most of the Will Wheaton I see these days is his, like, every now and then he'll post a picture of his bedhead on Instagram. Yeah. He, he does Instagram. He does Facebook. But he doesn't do Twitter anymore. Cool. So, so um, this episode of Dukes and Dice was yes. a mostly Dukes of Dice uh, interview with Will Whedon, how he feels about board games, how he got into it, yes. how he got into the tournament. What sort of thing do they do usually? They do they do board games. Uh, they have one about. I, I don't know. They. That's fine. You can cut all this. Yeah. I have a little exercise I want us to do after I talk about my podcast. But before I talk about my podcast, do you want to just talk about some of our board game experiences that we've had recently? Or... Sure. All right. Um, what have you been playing recently? All right. So as far as uh, board games go, I've taken to basically when whenever we're giving presents to Owen, I like to give him a, a board game as one of his presents because then I get to play a board game with him. Right. Has he started <laughs> playing Catan Jr.? properly or yeah because i know he was he was a little hesitant when i was there no so like the third time that he played he beat me um and then he beat me like twice in a row after that um he's pretty good at katan jr sick so we've been playing katan jr um we got uh ticket to ride first journey i've never played ticket to ride i'm super curious about it so it's a really more simplified version of ticket to ride sure in doing so there's a lot less strategy that goes into it because it's it's a lot more simple but it's still really fun the the nice thing with the first journey version is that all the cities have pictures that's the same picture on the card that's on the actual city on the map so it's even without being able to read some of the city names because they're big long city names that aren't always you know phonetically spelled you can kind of match the pictures up yeah um usually when we play ticket to ride we like have him kind of put his what he's trying to build for his routes face up that way we can kind of make sure that he's actually trying to build a route versus just building stuff willy-nilly right okay so that's fun with some of these games playing with kids you got to have house rules it's just it's just how it worked um we also got a ghostbusters uh game it's 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 cooperative game it's ghostbusters um so there's like eight ghostbusters board games but this one there's a there's a different non-ghostbuster branded game that's rated really well that's like ghost killer thingy 
blob or I don't remember what it's called. But then Ghostbusters actually came out with a game that's basically identical with the actual Ghostbusters branding. <laughs> Plus it has like one extra mode thing that you can do. So we got that one because it has an extra thing. Yeah. But it's based off of the newer movie. So all the busters are little female Ghostbusters. Sure. Yeah, I couldn't tell you which one's which because they're yeah plastic and one color and blobby, but they're all female Ghostbusters, so that's uh, not really doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a thing that exists. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, but so it's honestly a really fun little game because it's it's fully cooperative. So either you play together and have a chance to win, or if you don't cooperate, then just everyone loses. Yeah, that's neat. I always love the idea of that. The only really truly cooperative game I've ever played was um, what's that plague one? Contagion, maybe. I don't think Contagion. Something epidemic? Like that, no. Epidemic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah epidemic. Maybe. That's the only like cooperative game I've ever really played. So, um, I'm super curious. I'd love uh, next time. Next time I'm over, we should give it a shot because I want to learn more of those mechanics. I think that's a cool way to make game. It's really cool. Um, also at my birthday we got Betrayal at House on the Hill. Ooh, I love Betrayal. There's a weird clicking noise at your house. Oh yeah, we have ghosts in the pipes. It's a New York thing. Unfortunately, ghosts live in the pipes. Oh. I've never been in an apartment in New York that didn't make these sounds during the winter months. Oh, you should uh, get some Ghostbusters out there. Yeah, no, now I'm seeing them spike my track. I apologize to the audience, and unfortunately, that's probably all I'm going to be able to do for you. It's okay. Apologize. We'll just we'll just probably edit this part out, and hopefully everyone will ignore it. It's great. It'll be great. Okay. Oh, no, Pandemic. I think that's the game, Pandemic. Yes. Pandemic. That's it. Sorry, I was uh, have Googling. you Have you graduated to senior, Catan senior yet? Or No, so th- th- that one's for a little older than Owen is. Right. I was just so... thinking for, like, if you have adult game night. Yeah, we don't you're... have a lot of board game night time. I work sure. until, like, 8 o'clock a lot of the time. Sure. And then, like, setting up a board game after that isn't always great. Yeah. So, plus the nice thing with the kids' versions of board games is they're usually designed to take, like, half an hour. Yeah. Which is a good amount of time to spend playing a board game. Yeah, honestly, I really enjoyed Catan Jr. Um, It was great. Because I really like Catan, but the thing about Catan is the only time I ever want to play it is immediately after I've played it. Uh, (laughs) Because going in, I've forgotten all the rules and strategies, and then I play it once, and I'm like, oh, now I remember. We should play again now that I remember. But it's just taken us two and a half hours to play, so no one's going to do that with me. (laughs) So I pretty much, so yeah, whereas Catan Jr. Uh, is quick, so. Well, yeah, it takes like half an hour. So you play it, and then a lot of times, like, whoever wins, you're like, all right, want to play again? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's great. So I'm trying to think if that's all we've been playing. Uh, Catan Jr., Ticket to Ride. Uh, so we only played Trail at House in the Hill once um, okay. so far, um, and it's actually really funny. Because the the haunt that we got, so it, for people that don't know how Betrayal and House of the Hill works, is you, uh, however many people you're playing with, um, each have a little character card that has stats on it, and you uh, roll dice to move spaces, and when you get to like a space where there's no room, you put a room there. Yeah. You, you're building a haunted house as you go. Um, and then, at a certain point, the haunt happens. And one of the, your teammates that you've been playing with and helping each other suddenly is the bad guy. 
Yeah. And they had no idea. They weren't the bad guy one turn ago. They were a part of your team, and now they're the bad guy. So it's kind of funny. Two things are really funny, because we ended up playing, and we got the exact same haunt that is the the haunt that they got on Tabletop, actually, when they played Trail of House on the Hill. The exact same haunt. Um, so, There's like 60 of these things, so like the odds yeah, are not... I know. It is not a, a, a highly likely event that that happens. So, so I already knew how that haunt worked. <laughs> yeah like from both sides kind of yeah because it's not ideal <laughs> and uh then also dad ended up being the the betrayer oh that's fun and he won but he was really like weirded out about suddenly being the on the other team sure and so like as he was going he was trying to because like the the person that is the betrayer has like specific things that they have to do they're in control of these monsters but there's rules they are like the monsters required to move towards players as fast as they can the movers you know there's rules built into it so he's actually like he's the betrayer but as he's going you can tell that he does not really want to like kill the rest of the players that are playing sure so like as he gets like close to it we're like trying to we're trying to figure out any way that we can not die and he's like almost helping basically because he does (laughs) not want to (laughs) so it was a little traumatizing that's how i felt every time i've been the betrayer so i get it but uh i i really liked the game it was fun good I'm a fan. I've played a couple times. Um, I, what's wild about it to me is just like they basically designed this template that has like 60 separate rule sets for this game, and mm-hmm. like that's really impressive to yeah. develop like 60 balanced game types. Like that's actively wild to me. Yeah. So I mean, so that's the thing is that the they all start from that base game. Yep. And then, like, at from that point, at the haunt, is when it just switches and the rules change. Yeah. Once you've hit that point, gameplay is meant to be relatively short. Yeah. And so, it's very cool, but also, it's not like they had to design, like, a 60 different games that are each going to take, like, two and a half hours to play. Right. It, it's, they're each, like, a little junior game, basically. Like, each one is, like, a little half-hour game that's supposed to either, either you can defeat them or you can't defeat them. And that's the... Yeah. How it works. It, it, it's really cool that there's so many different like every time you play it's going to be different because even the the first part that's the same you're still like setting up the house in a different way every time yeah so it's very very cool which i was very much enjoyed the exploration part of that game is probably my favorite part but it's a great game next time you guys come we should definitely play i'm in the so i played a new game recently it's the only yeah. game i've played since Catan jr it's called illamat no idea and it's weird because it it's uh so do you know the band of the decemberists no well it's their board game basically okay. i think for a music video or a photo shoot they had like this board game set up for a shot and it looked cool and they're like what if we made it real so it's this interesting game like use you use cards you use a cloth board and you use the box itself are the three pieces you need mostly yeah and the card deck is basically like it's very similar to a tarot deck in that each suit has all the numbers and then um four face cards instead of just three because it has aces as well so four faces and an ace um but this board is basically broken into four quadrants and the box that you use has like a season on Mm -hmm. each of the side okay 
and each of the seasons that affect the fields like affects the the way you can react to it so you can like harvest or you can stockpile or you can sow okay um so it was a neat little game yeah um you play until someone gets 17 points each like um round uh goes until you can't do any more cards so they the rounds take 10 to 15 minutes potentially depending how many players you have and then uh then you play like two or three rounds for someone to get to 17 so it's a cool little game and i i was a really big fan <laughs> sorry i've got distracted because someone's shouting in your background yep <laughs> uh but illamat it's a cool game designed yeah. by a band for a music video. That's crazy. They, yeah, it was like, like a they they do they visually designed the game first and then like created a game from that. Yeah, I'd be curious to see that footage because I'm curious like how much it changed uh, from like the the photo shooter music video. I, I, this is hearsay. This is what I was told when I played the game. Yeah, but I'd well, like no, to see. So it. I'm curious if they like had just like the napkin out and they were playing with like an actual tarot deck with things set up. Um, and then they made a a Illimat deck. Uh, when they did it, um, that was just tarot inspired. Um, but it, it, I I'm down. Like that's such a backwards way to design a game, but I think it's cool. Yeah. Uh, so I'm actually on their website right now just because I was curious. Sure. <laughs> it's really it, just the fact that they like just made up like i said they visually made a game first and then we're like let's make rules to that that yeah. just seems insane to me yeah but it's very cool that's almost what happened with my the tabletop game the tabletop combat system uh that i'm doing but instead of visually thinking what happened there was i had recently listened to someone like tell the story of the gunfight at the okay corral yeah um and then i later had a dream where i was i was on the podcast that i had listened to but we were recreating that gunfight with a tabletop rule set that I had invented in this dream. <laughs> and I woke up and I'm like, oh. And I just start writing down rules. Like, That's funny. Like, I was like, I gotta write down every rule I remember from this dream. Because, yeah, I just invented huge chunks of this <laughs> In a dream to recreate a, an old, an old actual historical gunfight. Good. Yeah. You never know how inspirational will strike. Um, we should probably talk about my podcast now. Yeah. What podcast did you listen to, brother? I listened to a podcast called. He said, looking for the screenshot he took earlier. Boom. Uh, the board game design lab. I feel like we traded spots this time, like, because mine is about like it's more like uh fact based and yours is more like um what's those things called anecdote based your yeah. podcast is more anecdotal and mine's more like factual um but the board game design lab was apparently created by um by someone who's like oh there isn't really a resource where people talk about like how games are designed so i'll make one <laughs> But specifically, the episode I'm listening to uh, was released January 16th, 2019. So about a year ago. Yeah. And it's called Designing Deduction Games with Tim Fowers. Uh, now, Tim Fowers design, has designed a few board games. But the two they note in the description of the podcast is Burgle Bros and Fugitive. Oh, I haven't played either of those games. And he also was working on a game, Sabotage, which uh, is probably out now, but wasn't at the time of the podcast. Yeah, I okay. haven't played either of those yet either, but they sound very interesting to me. Yeah. But I picked this up because I was curious what, one, I wasn't even sure what a deductive game was. And I was curious about what that was and like just what goes into designing board games in general. Because yeah. while I don't have time to design board games, 
game because I don't even have time to play board games. Um, I'm still very interested in the concept, and I kind of always have. Been. Yeah. Um, the first time I tried to design my own board game was um, uh, middle school for a project. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was some book I read about like uh, dog fighters, and I'm like, okay, for this school project, I'm gonna make a board game where you dogfight airplanes. Um, it was not very good. It was poorly balanced, uh, and obviously, it was all made out of poster board. But I did technically design a board game. <laughs> Um, but I've always been I've always been interested in the idea. I think it's a cool concept that I just don't have the time or resources to actually pursue at this moment. Yeah. Um, but deductive games. Um, the first thing when the host asks Tim to um, define deductive board games is, oh, I mean, like the classic is Clue. Oh yeah. It's it's games where you have some information and you have to put information together to get your answer. Um, so you have games like Clue. Um, there are also different kinds of deductive games like social deduction games games like mafia or werewolf you're a werewolf yeah um well i play if if any of you guys actually watch my streams i play a game quite frequently on streams that is a a video game version of mafia um there's a game called trouble in terrorist town where at the beginning of each round a certain number of people are traitors a bunch of people are innocents and there's one detective and there's in-game ways to like try and figure out who is a detective but a lot of it is just who's acting fishy Mm. and it usually ends up in just like a giant gunfight where everyone dies um but like (laughs) that style of game last night on stream was wild we were playing on this map where it was a little town and there was a donut shop and at the first round that i jumped in there's this guy i want to say he was australian i don't remember his name but he goes behind the counter of the donut shop he starts putting guns on the counter and he's like oh, <laughs> I, um, i'm open for business anyone looking to trade we got some fresh donuts also uh, a couple pistols and this shotgun and what was wild was was people count just come in and start playing along and eventually, um, so the first round, he was a terrorist and I was a terrorist, or a traitor, a t- traitor and I was a traitor. And I'm like, what can you give me for this? And I pull out the random pistol I found, and he looks at me, he's like, well, for you, I got a special deal. And he hands me an SMG. And I take him like, oh, okay, so he's trying to help me out because we're both traitors. Yeah. Eventually, I start shooting people because I have to try and kill all the innocents, but I'm bad at the game. Yeah. Um, but at the end, it comes down to it. It's one innocent and him, and he's a traitor. Mm-hmm. And the guy's just like, oh, well, um, it's me and you. So I'm the traitor. You can either kill me or I can kill you or I can blow up the C4 and we'll go out together. And the guy goes, oh, that sounds cool. So they, they <laughs> die in an explosion of C4. And this guy continues to open up his donut shop every time, regardless. And if, when he was the detective, he like yeah. purchases the special detective tools, like a thing that will tell you if you're a traitor or mm-hmm. the med kit, stuff all the detectives can. He purchases those, sets them on the counter as things people can buy. When he's <laughs> the traitor in the future, he'll get the bomb. He'll set that on the counter as something people can buy. Like he was so committed to this, to this bit. Like he That's wasn't funny. an innocent. He wasn't a detective he wasn't a trader he was a shop owner <laughs> uh and that's the kind of thing like in a social game like that that you can get and you can't get that anywhere else that's funny sorry that, that was another patented miles tangent hey that's all right so yeah for people that are not sure what he's talking about uh, you do streaming uh vr streaming uh tuesday and thursday nights yep tuesdays and thursday nights uh from 10 to 12 eastern time delightful yeah but yeah so he talks about that he talks about like the 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 two sides of like a lot of deduction board games are board games that are like pure guessing or are game board games that are like purely social and 
he found the best like balance that he had fun creating and playing were games that were like a little bit of everything so he's designed a bunch of like asymmetrical deduction games mm -hmm. where you have like um two teams with two different goals mm -hmm. um that are learning information about each other in different ways uh because then you have like the game's strategy itself yeah um but then you also have like the player across from and using the way that they react to your moves mm -hmm. i mean he's found these games like become better the more you play them with the same people because you start to realize like oh i'm playing against um greg and i know greg likes to bluff so that's gonna change the way i play mm -hmm. just because i know him yeah um, and th they get into talking about the idea of yomi are you familiar with yomi no idea it's i think it's based on a german word for like knowing your enemy as like knowing the mind of your enemy um, mm -hmm. so it's this idea of like the you rumored like pure state of yomi is like you've played against someone for so long that you can like perfectly predict their moves and like there's a game called yomi that's basically rock paper scissors with a bunch of bells and whistles attached but it's like a fighting game that ends up functioning like rock paper scissors um, and there are things that go into it where you can try and predict your opponent but like the purpose is to try and just like get into their mind and there's layers of this where it's like i know what you're gonna do and they're like i know you know what i'm gonna do so i'm gonna change it and they're like well i know that you know that i know what you're gonna do so i'm gonna change it to match your thing. like and it gets into this thing where like once you're three layers in you might as well just do the first thing you were gonna do yeah um but it was an interesting conversation regarding that um they talk about the idea of like finding balance in these games they talk about different mechanics like um hidden movement or like number guessing like trying to find your opponent on a board potentially yeah or just deducing based on like pool and like some of the things they talk about you need to have is like you can't be guessing between 500 different things you uh -huh. need to guess between 20 yeah and when you can narrow those things down it needs to be i'm narrowing this down from like 20 to 17 as mm -hmm. opposed to 20 to 5 because you want to have like a pace to your game so yeah i found cool. all that that to be really interesting you don't want it to be to there to be one thing that all of a sudden narrows it down way too quickly but listening to them talk about this it made me start because i'm i immediately apply everything in the world to to myself immediately mm -hmm. and i'm like how what, what would i do how could i do this um so i started thinking about like a cool deductive board game um <laughs> And when I say what it is, I was thinking of some kind of ghost hunting thing. And I know we were just talking about the Ghostbusters one game. And I realized the game that I'm thinking of might already exist. Because I was even starting to think, like, what if it was a cooperative? But I don't think that would work 100%. Because, like, a perfect, like, deduction-based game where you're not playing against another human is really difficult. Well, so that's how Clue worked. Yes, but it's not cooperative. No, that's... Well, no, that's true. It's not. Yeah, you're all playing against each other and the center of the board so you you still have like people that yeah, you're working so it's against you're, the, in that case you're all trying to be the first one to guess correctly versus yeah 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 so like that's the that's the thing I, i've run into but i was thinking it would be cool to talk about like i want to tell you about my deductive game ideas and then if you have i wanted to see if you could make like a deductive style board game or even just any board game if you could design a cool board game um what would it be because one of the things i thought was cool is uh tim what he's talking is like as opposed to having a mechanic and turning it into a game, he would have like an idea. One of his games, he's like, I wanted it to feel like a foot chase. Or I wanted this game to feel like that moment and capture the flag when you're sneaking behind enemy line. And I love the idea of being like this, but board game. And like yeah. how he gets there is, is like, it's not capture the flag, the board game. It's just, yeah. I want that feeling. Yeah. But I was thinking, I guess, I don't know how any of the Ghostbuster games function. But I was I thinking know. it would be cool to do it asymmetrical. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking you have a ghost and a or several like ghost hunters. 
Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, like, how how do you make this so it's a deduction game on both sides? So I give each player a little screen so the players don't know where or, like, what the other stats are. So there maybe there's a few different kinds of ghosts you can... Or maybe the ghost draws, like, three cards. And those cards each have an ability and a weak. Um, or, like, so, like, say the ghost has, like, like, there's, like, spiritual abilities or, like, physical abilities or, like, blah, blah, blah. And then you find out, like, if you have two physical and a spiritual ability, it makes you this kind of ghost. And that ghost can only be taken care of by doing X thing. So throughout the game, the ghost is trying to hide from these ghost hunters. And when mm-hmm. it's found, it can use these abilities. But every time it uses those abilities, the ghost hunters get Learn closer to what it. kind of ghost it is. Yeah. So they have to find it and destroy it. But then, like, each ghost hunter has, like, oh, I'm good at this, but I'm weak at this. So, like, say... I'm the tech ghost guy, and uh, if I see, like, physical movement, it, like, gives me resolve. Like, I'm like, oh, this is something I know how to deal with. But if something, like, Mm. spiritual happens, it gives me more fear. And so if you're the ghost and you figure out, like, oh, I can freak him out by doing spiritual things, I'm going to use those on him and I can scare him off. And if you can scare Mm -hmm. off two of the ghost hunters, they can no longer, say, capture so, like, you're uh. trying to figure out their weaknesses, they're trying to identify you. But, like, the way they identify you is is trigger these abilities that could potentially scare themselves off. So, like, mm. it would be this this asymmetrical game of, of cat and mouse, where, like, the only way to progress is also to reveal your weaknesses. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that's interesting. Do you interesting. have any cool board game ideas? <laughs> I can't say that I do right now. Honestly, sorry. It's okay. I, I really sprang this one on you last second. Yeah, I didn't really... I guess I was more inclined to this line of questioning because I listened specifically to a podcast about designing board games. Yeah, I honestly can't think of... I really like like playing new board games, but I don't know. The the idea of like creating a board game with like mechanics that are balanced it seems really daunting sure. to me. And so, like, like even thinking too much about that is... There's so many good board games out there that I haven't played and want to play. So, like, I don't feel the need to invent one. <laughs> sure, I get that. I envy you that feeling. I, like, there are a lot of games out there that I want to play that I have not had the opportunity. Like, Secret Hitler is a game that I really want to play that I have not gotten it's to play. It's a deductive game. Yeah. So, I've kind of played it. Um, <laughs> Let me explain. Oh. Okay. So, no, so I've I've watched a bunch of videos of it, but that's not what I mean. Right. What I mean is there is a website where like you can go and play online basically, huh. where like there's little animations and it flips a card, but it's not like playing a game with no. people. Especially like a social deduction game that Yeah. So it's social it's very mechanical. It's so you've You've been to, I know this because we're related and I've been places with you. Yeah. You've been to a casino yes. before. Um, and you've been, you've played blackjack at a casino before. And if you play blackjack at a casino, you know that there are certain ways that people generally play blackjack where you only hit at certain times and you only, uh, and you, you know, you'll, uh, leave your hand alone at certain times or you'll, uh, split at certain times. And if you hit when someone thinks you should not have hit, they will get very upset with you. And there's a similar mentality to that with with playing this online. It's it's very fast paced. There's a time limit to it. 
And like if there's any if you make any mistakes or make any like basically if you try to play the game as like if you end up drawing and being a fascist, if you then try to play the game where like you lie about what you were handed or whatever, like the whole group of people that you're playing with just completely shuts you down and is like, well, never mind. Cool. It's uh it was not a fun experience. I believe that, yeah. Um, because you don't get the, like, I might, you might as well play with a robot at that point. Like, you, why play with people if there's not, like, a personal element yeah, to it? that's, like, the point of, of games like, and specifically, so. Yeah. Um, so, I still really want to play that with actual human yeah. beings, and not strangers on the internet. Oh, uh, do you have, uh, contact information for yeah, your maybe. podcast? Um, <laughs> I do want to say, like, I do really envy you this ability to, like, be excited for and enjoy games. Because, like, I have this weird curse where I can't enjoy any media at all without, like, wanting to create it. Like, when I play video games, like, I want to make video games. I want to learn how to code so I can make games for VR so very badly, but I don't have the time or money to do it. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm an actor because whenever I see a film, I'm like, ah, oh, I wish I was doing this right. Uh, and it's the same with board games. Like, I don't know how I don't know how to just enjoy media without thinking like I want to be making this immediately. Um, so you can go to boardgamedesignlab.com um, <laughs> uh, or find them on Board Game Design Lab uh, on your your podcast or podcatcher of choice. Um, it's on iTunes and it comes out Wednesdays. I'm not finding any other information. All right, they apparently have a Facebook and Twitter. But I'm on their site and like I don't have great ways to like do it. Here, I'll see what their Twitter is by clicking this button. Did that work? Finding any other contact Yeah, it exists, but I can't okay. find it. Um, they don't have it like listed on their site. Well, if they have a, a Twitter or anything like that, we will put it in the description. Yes, yes, yes. So, um, but yeah, look that's there. the Board Game Design Lab. Um, we should toss this right on over to our algorithm, huh? We should. All right. Okay, looks like the results are printing right now. There we go. And um, uh, it looks like Board Game Design Lab is is pretty much for any board gaming enthusiasts. Um, whether you yourself are interested in designing games is one thing. But it's also, uh, if you've ever been interested in the thought process behind the designing of games in general, uh, check it out. If, if you're curious what makes the board games that you enjoy so enjoyable uh, and want some professionals' opinions on that, go check out the Board Game Design Lab. Um, also, if you design games and just would love some some more ideas about what other people have found in terms of success, go check it out. Great. All right. Uh, so Dukes of Dice, in particular, their 162nd episode, which is called Dukes and Sundry featuring Will Wheaton, is recommended for fans of the internet TV show Tabletop, fans of Will Wheaton, and also for Will Wayton himself, who is a longtime friend and fan of the show. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us on this delightful episode. Um, thanks, yeah, thanks to so much. Thanks to Ame for use of her microphone. Uh, thanks, thanks to um, mom and dad for the usual reasons. Yeah. And, um, you know, special thanks to viewers like you. If you want to check out stuff we do outside of this, uh, you can find me on Twitter at MilesN005. You can find me streaming Tuesdays and Thursdays um, on twitch.tv slash 
Twisted Reality ODT, um, and you can find me streaming on Wednesdays on uh, Natural Underscore Ones Underscore, uh, and that's my D and D stream. So if you're into the tabletop sort of thing and like tabletop RPGs, check out our D and D streams. We have a lot of really cool stuff. Um, we have animatics that can teach you about our characters in the world, um, made by our very talented uh, dungeon master, um, and it's just like a really cool game. Great. Um, and if you want to find me, you can listen to this podcast that you're already listening to, or you can tweet at me on our, our Twitter. Um, make sure that you please uh, follow and rate and review us on all the places. We really appreciate it very, very much. And just one second. Okay. Um, I'm looking. We have a new follower. Um, ah. But it's on my phone and not on the Chromebook for some reasons. We have a new follower. I really appreciate it. All right. We love you, new followers. Yay, Chromebooks. Yay, <laughs> thanks for following us. I really do appreciate it. And yeah, thanks. Oh, here it is. It is the Rum Runners podcast. Oh. It's following us on, on Podchaser. So I appreciate that. All right. All right. Well, thanks. You, uh, we'll see you guys all in a couple weeks. Talk to you later, brother. Love you. Yep. Love you, brother.